0: Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. I think we um, start. I started ministry, um, actually stepping out and preaching when I was—I uh, oh, so it had been out twenty years ago. Hallelujah! And um, and we started our first glory gathering eighteen years ago. And then um, January 8, 2010, we had our very first Sunday service. And, um, and Wesley Campbell came and he ministered. Did any, does anybody remember that first Sunday service? Yes, when did, when, uh, Wesley Campbell was our speaker, and he just, he just set it all up. And he said, all right, you guys, be prepared. This is not going to be a normal church. And he said, you need to understand this is an apostolic center that is gonna to touch the world and you need to continue to, to be sending your, your pastor around the world, you need to be expecting miracles, you need to be expecting that every one of you are gonna be um, on board ministering in your own spheres and that this isn't a receiving center, it's an apostolic sending center, hallelujah. And, um, and we were so blessed by that, because that is our heart, uh, that we'd never be a, um, a professional orphanage where you've got a few paid people looking after young babies, but instead that we'd be a family where everybody is doing the work of the ministry, where the fivefold are equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry, and that we would be known by the love that we have for one another, that by this would all men know that we're his disciples, that we love one another. And that's been our key uh, cornerstone desire, that the world would, would see him and that would know him. and. Uh, to see the lives that have been impacted, to see the souls that have been saved, to see the miracles that God's done, to see the faithfulness of God's promises, to see uh, the, the television programs now going out all over the world, to see the people coming and being healed and saved. And I, I have actually pictures on, um, on my watch when I wear my, other wa- my um, Apple watch that I got for Christmas. I've put on um, all the pictures of testimonies of people who have been healed, healed of leukemia, healed of bladder cancer, healed of this, healed of that. And I I put the pictures on my watch because they just flash up randomly to keep reminding myself, you did that, God. You did that, God. You did that, God. And greater works are yet to come. Hallelujah. And it is so powerful for us to remember the goodness of the Lord because it's feeding on His faithfulness. We're not to remember the sins of the past, the mistakes, the the failures. God, God says he doesn't even remember those anymore but we're called to feed on his faithfulness, hallelujah. Like David reminded himself about the lion and the bear. When he was about to face Goliath, he remembered, I remember when. And we play here the I remember when game, hallelujah. Because in remembering what the Lord has done, we are encouraged and reminded and inspired to trust him to continue to do even greater things, hallelujah! So, Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' name. And I, I, I watched um, on Saturday. We just got home from a five-day break with the family, which was so wonderful. Um, and I watched on Saturday the live stream from Friday night with Emily and um, watched the youth and young adults, and I, oh, I was so blessed, I was so encouraged. What an amazing service. Jane, you preached so well, it was awesome. Matt, you did such an incredible job, wherever you are, Maddie, um, incredible job leading. And, um, and to hear the testimonies, is Daniel O'Neill here? Where are you? Oh, yeah. Oh, I loved hearing your testimony. It was so beautiful. Um, and Sophia, where are you? Sophia, Cleland, you were amazing too. And I was so blessed um, just by by everyone. And Jai sharing the offering, and uh, the worship team were just incredible. Um, Joseph, I enjoyed your wakey-wakey show. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Um, and uh, yeah, and then four people getting saved on Friday night. Praise the Lord, isn't He wonderful? And hearing about the young ones encountering God, they had, over, they had 100 people at the youth camp um, as we had our very first network, Glory City Network youth camp. And um, it was just beautiful to hear about the, the kids encountering Jesus yeah. in such a powerful and a profound way. Uh, it, it so inspired me, I thought we gotta do more of those. And if, you, if there is a, a youth and young adults takeover night, don't stay away and think it's not for you. Oh, it was outstanding, it was so outstanding. So um, we're gonna do more of those, that was just glorious. Well done, everybody. Hallelujah, how great is our God, our glorious Jesus. We give him all the praise and all the honor for he is worthy. I was so blessed, Pastor James, by that word yeah. tonight. Thank you so much. And uh, for every one of the words. We're, uh, Nate, thank you so much. Outstanding, we were very, very, very blessed. Well, I just have, um, I have a little bit I wanna share with you today, but we're just gonna pray. Father, I thank you, this is the day that you have made and we will give you honour and thanks. Lord, we wanna thank you for the rain. Father, thank you for the rain, thank you for the rain over the drought, areas, thank you for the rain over the the fires. And Lord, we ask, Lord, you said, ask for rain in the time of rain, God. We're asking for sustained, drought-breaking rain. Father, over western New South Wales, over western Queensland, over all the drought-stricken areas, God, we're asking for sustained, sustained uh, drought breaking rain that doesn't cause damage but blesses the land. God, I thank you, we come in agreement now. We are asking for rain in the time of rain. Thank you for our brothers and sisters around the world who have risen up to pray for Australia. We join with them and we declare the bowls are tipping, God. And I thank you, Father, for the outpouring of your rain across our nation. Lord, that the drought would be broken, that the dams would be filled. God and that the land would be blessed in the name of Jesus. Everybody says, "Amen." Amen. Huh, isn't that excellent news? Oh, wow! To look at the um, look at the headlines this morning. Did anyone see the headlines in the paper? Ah, oh, just beautiful. Watching farmers and their children who've never had a good rain. Uh, little kids who've never seen a good rain playing in the mud. It's just ah, so happy. Praise the Lord. He is a good, good Father. Amen. Well, being 10 years, I, I got out some of my journals today. And I have, I have journals, I, I have diaries that I write in every day. I have this one, I started just after I got saved in, 2000, oh, in 1983, I think. And, um, and this wasn't my diary, I have a diary as well from those years, many diaries, but this was my special God encounter book. And I, I, I'd write, in the front, I'd write worship songs that really touched my heart and scriptures. And in the back, I'd write things that God did for me. And this is basically, this little book actually spans a whole decade. The first entry is 1983. The last entry is 1993. And... Um, and it's you know you can see the, the the childlike things as they begin and you know a lot of it's like oh God oh God please help me die to myself please help me die to myself um, uh, as I grew and I learned Hallelujah I don't have to fight myself praise the Lord but um, but my my prayer Father we we want to serve you we want I want to worship you and I'd write things in it. And I think it's so important for us to remember history, our history with God. To remember the things that He's said, the things that He's done. And as we as we develop this history with God, it's such a beautiful thing to look back and recognize the faithfulness of Jesus. Hallelujah! And I just wanted to just ra- uh, share just a few little things um, that the Lord the Lord was saying. Uh, this one. Um, I think was the the next decade and then the next decade and the next decade. And I praise the Lord, Um, I am declaring this decade, hallelujah, as I turn 50 this year, is gonna be a jubilee decade, hallelujah, for this church where we are gonna see God do exceedingly abundantly above, amen? Um, and I, I looked into this and as I began to just, I just wrote down a couple of little things as I looked, I actually went back and I looked about this day back in, in over the years, what I'd written on this day back over those years. And it was beautiful to watch and see the Lord speaking and how consistent He is in His theme. So much of my journals are actually filled with worship, they're filled with prayers, they're filled with worship songs that I would write. But I remember um, on this day, I don't remember what year this was, but I wrote this. When we worship and express our love for God, He also expresses His love for us, taking our hands and leading us into His throne room. Worship is communing with God and experiencing His embrace of love. And this theme of God holding our hand is something that has just been a consistent one throughout my life. Um, as I looked through this little one, I remember uh, there was one that stood out, uh, Acts 10, 15, don't call anything impure that God has made clean. Satan's a liar, hallelujah, and underlined with exclamation marks. And as, as I began to realize I'm tired of the enemy accusing me all the time, making me feel impure and not enough, and, I'm not allowed to call what's unclean, what's clean, unclean anymore, hallelujah. And um, as God began to form my identity, in um, on this day in 1987, I wrote, God has made us so that we're able to relate to him. With the help of God's Holy Spirit, we can reach out and touch him and come to know God's perfect character and love. Praise you, Jesus. And All the way through, even as I was looking at at this day through the years, so much of it was about touching God and holding His hand. And um, I wanted just to read a few scriptures to you that I've just been meditating on, actually in the last week. Isaiah 42, hallelujah. Isaiah 42, 43, 44. Ah, so good. Praise the Lord. But Isaiah 42, verse 2 says this, he will not cry out, nor raise his voice, nor make his voice heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimling, burning wick he will not extinguish. Verse six, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will also hold you by the hand and watch over you. Hallelujah. Psalm 73, you got your Bibles with you? Hallelujah. I've got my Bible with me, praise the Lord. It's very beautiful. I'm still thoroughly enjoying it. Thank you, Tom. Psalm 73, verse 21. When my heart was embittered and I was pierced within, then I was senseless and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. Nevertheless, I'm continually with you. You've taken hold of my right hand. With your counsel, you'll guide me and afterwards receive me to glory. And I just loved this that even when I'm in a place where I feel like I've been pierced through or when I'm feeling embittered, even in the place where I'm not feeling like I'm in the best space and that I have an ugly attitude, nevertheless, he is continually with me. And he's there saying, you've taken hold of my right hand, no, He's saying, I've taken hold of your right hand, hallelujah, and with your counsel, he, with his counsel, he guides me. And it doesn't matter what situation we're in, it doesn't matter what sort of frame of mind we're in, we can know that he is consistently there saying, I wanna, I wanna hold your hand, hallelujah, our faithful Jesus. Psalm 37, praise the Lord. Psalm 37, verse 23. The steps of a man are established by the Lord and he delights in his way. When he falls, he will not be hurled headlong because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. And I remember years ago when we were first married, I was married when I was 20, and I remember soon after we were married, Tom had to have an operation and I remember sitting in the operating waiting room And I was feeling, oh, my husband's in the operating room and I'm here by myself and all. And I picked up a woman's magazine. And um, there happened to be a little article there by a Catholic priest. And it was a little story about a child in a big crowd, how they would instinctively just reach up for their father's hand in the crowd. And immediately, as soon as they got a hold of the father's hand, they felt safe, everything was okay, because I'm holding my Father's hand. And you know, I'm a, I'm a touch person, that's one of my love languages. I, feel, I love it when, I, when I'm holding someone's hand. I, you know, if I wanna comfort somebody, it's instinctively I wanna touch them. And, and there's something about touch that is so powerful. It's actually been something we've been um, deliberately, a culture we've deliberately tried to foster here, because there are people in our, in our society that they can go all week long and not have a single human touch. And, and that's why we're intentional to touch people as we walk past, to be intentional to love them. But, you know, we can, God's desire for us is that we would reach out and hold His hand. You know, often when every one of us, some of you might think, oh, well, you know, it's a girl thing, it's a, it's a woman thing. But all of these scriptures that we've just read were written by men, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And the truth is, male or female, we all have need of comfort. We all have need of support. We all have need of help. When we say, I need nothing, we're rich and full and have need of nothing. We are deceiving ourselves. We are desperately reliant on our heavenly Father, hallelujah, who supplies all of our needs. And one of the the needs he continually wants to supply is to be the one who holds your hand. The one who who lays a hold of your hand so that you don't fall headlong, so that you don't um, uh, fall down and can't get back up, so that you don't despair, so that you don't lose hope. He is the one who wants to hold our hand, who upholds us with his righteous right hand. Hallelujah. But the Father is waiting and longing for us to acknowledge and receive the love and the help and the comfort that he wants to give us. Um, you know, we can reach out for all sorts of things when we're looking for comfort or support. We can reach out to people, we can reach out and try to fill the gap by distracting ourselves with other stuff. It can be food, it can be temptation, it can be good things and bad things, but there's so many options available to people to try to fill the need to comfort me, support me, help me. And God is jealous to be our help. He's saying, I want to hold your hand. It isn't a little girlish thing, though it's what He revealed to me when I was a little girl. It's it's a relational thing that you and I were created to live for. He wants to hold your hand. He wants to be the strength of your life. He wants to be the one who supplies all of your needs according to his riches in glory. He wants to be your comforter. He wants to be your counselor. He wants to be your support. He wants to be the one who will speak the words of hope and life to you. He is the one who knows better than anybody how to help you. The Bible says he is your ever present help in time of need. Yet he is there and most and many of us so often forget to access the fullness of that help. We think to ourselves, oh no, but I need something with skin on to help me. I've heard people say that. Now, I'm not suggesting we isolate ourselves. We need each other. God designed us to be in fellowship. He says, don't forsake the fellowshipping of yourselves together. He loves family. He says, pray for one another, bear one another's burdens. All of that is important and powerful, but if it becomes the thing before you hold his hand and seek his help, it's an idol. And God's not gonna tolerate idols in this decade. He wants to be first, because His desire is as you hold His hand, you would receive the purity, the power, the strength, the supernatural empowerment from on high that will cause you to walk in supernatural power, not human power. God hasn't called us to live in human strength, supported by human things. He's created us to hold the hand of Himself, the God of the universe, the Lord of all creation. He's created us to walk with Him, to hold His hand, and to do everything together with Him. The Bible says, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. In all of your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path, hallelujah. As you lay a hold of Him, as you pick up the promises of God, as you pick up the Word of God, and you begin to make declarations, you can trust Him to make your way straight. We got in on Friday night, Um, our plane was late, and so we didn't end up getting to bed till about 2 a.m. So last night, I was still, and that was on Friday night. So last night, I, I was having a bit of trouble trying to get to sleep on time. So about 1.30 in the morning, I'm thinking about this past decade. And I began to think, and I was also not real well from barley belly, praise the Lord, I got healed. But um, I began to think, man, actually, this was the worst decade of my life. I had hectic things happen this decade. Like, hectic, horrific,
1: horrific.
0: Uh, I had horrific things happen this decade. And then I began to think, actually, I had horrific things happen in every decade of my life. And, uh, And then I started to go, I got a whole lot of stuff to sew. And I began to think, I began to make declarations at one thirty last night and say, this year, this decade, you said in the Jubilee, everything that you lost has been returned. You said that, uh, for our former shame, pain, and disgrace, you'd give us double recompense. You said to me on this day 10 years ago, Isaiah 61, you said to me on this day, on this very day, back when I was 17 years old, Isaiah 61, that for your former shame, pain, and disgrace, I will give you double recompense. And then this morning as I woke up feeling better, I began to think about all the good things and realize actually it's been the best decade of my life as well. But I can tell you the heart of God for you as you step into this new era is for you to take the pain, the shame, the disgrace, the things the enemy used to try to destroy you to sow it in faith, to see double recompense, not only for your own deliverance, but for the deliverance of everyone else around you. That with the comfort you've received from the Holy Spirit, you'll comfort everyone else. God's desire for us, hallelujah, as we step up is to arise and shine. The glory of the Lord is risen upon us. His glory is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, and his desires are far exceedingly above anything we can ask, hope, or imagine. James Gall said a word also. It's a little bit longer, so I'm going to show it on Friday night, Um, God willing. It's a beautiful word for our church. And he he was speaking about the importance for us as a church to dream to dream impossible dreams to dream about society being shifted to see to dream about the souls to to, to dream about all the spheres of society being impacted yeah. through us to dream the dreams of Jesus because the heart of God for us is that we wouldn't just amble into this next decade, but that we would step in with purpose and focus, and that we would lay hold of his righteous right hand and know the steps of a good man, the steps of a good woman are established by the Lord, and he delights, he delights in his way. He says he won't remember the former things. He won't remember the the sins of the past. He makes no mention of it. You're not supposed to live in regret, but we are allowed to look at the good things the Lord has done, to remember the faithfulness of Jesus, to feed on his faithfulness, to worship him. I use these journals to encourage myself. I look at it, I see the prayers of as many prayers I've prayed in here, and I look at it and I remember and I see the answers that he brought. I remember the miracles that he's done, the scriptures that he spoke to me, the promises fulfilled. And I feed on his faithfulness and I'm encouraged for the next season. My, My challenge to you is for you, every one of you, to begin, if you haven't already, journaling and documenting yeah. Yeah. your personal, private history with God. It can look different for different ones. This is my, my one at the moment. And it's beautiful as I, as I look through and I read. I've got, I got my special pen that I use, my special place where I like to do this. And, um, and I, I, I journal, what the Lord's saying, I journal encouragements. And this this little one has in here, I remember when this youth pastor called me out and prayed for me. I mean, I wasn't in a church that did prophecy, but they, they prayed for me and I wrote down the prayer that they prayed and how important it was to me that God noticed me and God remembered me. I wrote down things like, I remember God when I couldn't open the door because it was locked and you opened it for me because I prayed, thank you, Jesus, things that might not mean anything to you, but to me. <gasps> were significant moments in the history that I have with walking with God. And when I look at it today, you could read this and think, oh, look at that, here she is. Praise Jesus, God knows the words and desires of my heart. I'll seek him first. And you could look at it and go, oh yeah, praise God, underlined with, with um, exclamation marks. And it may not mean much to you But to me, it's reminding myself, it's putting myself in remembrance of the faithfulness of God. And God wants to put you in remembrance of the faithfulness of God because he has things that he is gonna do with you this year that are going to so bless the world around you, that are gonna so bless your life and the ones that you minister to. Every one of us are called to the work of the ministry. That is the job of the believer. And it can be in a doctor's surgery, it can be in a retail shop, it can be on a building site, but you are called to be the light of the world, to share the good (laughs) news of the gospel. And you know one of the most powerful things that you can do when you are talking with people is to testify. The other word that James Gall gave was testify, that this would be a church known by testimony, that the testimonies from this house and this this place would go out all over the world via television. We've heard testimonies today of Of cancer being, bowel cancer being healed, leukemia being healed, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma being healed, bladder cancer being healed. We've had, um, we've got testimonies of hepatitis being healed, HIV being healed. We've got testimonies of, praise the Lord, a brain being healed, hallelujah, in this last couple of weeks. I mean, amazing, amazing miracles as we, and the more we think about the goodness of the Lord, as we remember, I remember that deaf ear opening. I remember that blind eye opening. I remember that one, that cripple walking. I remember when, as we intentionally step into the, I remember when, game and encourage ourselves, I believe it is going to fuel a fire that the Holy Spirit Himself is breathing on, and that He is gonna cause that fire to rise up and touch and impact the world around us. You know, I, I, I remember when I was one day just getting my nails done at a, a nail shop, and they happened to say, oh, how was your weekend? I I saw God open a completely deaf ear. And the whole shop went silent. And they all leaned in to listen. And I gave the details about what the Lord had done. Afterwards, the lady who was doing my now wanted to have a coffee. And I had the opportunity to lead her to Jesus. Hallelujah. Wow. You know, people can't argue with your testimony because it's your testimony. God hasn't called us to preach the gospel with persuasive words of men's wisdom, but with demonstrations of the Spirit's power. And your testimony is key. When you start to testify to the goodness of the Lord, they can see it. They can see that isn't a made up story because your eyes light up. I was listening to Josiah's testimony the other day. We have to hear that one day, Josiah, wow. But as, as I was listening, I was just so overwhelmed and so blessed because you could see his face light up as he would remember how the Lord spoke to him, how the Lord rescued him. You know, these are the things that God delights for us to feed on. I've been taking time of these last couple of days to be reading about some of the great healing revivalists because I wanna feed on the testimonies of what the Lord has done. But I also wanna feed on the testimonies of what the Lord has done through my life because greater works are yet to come, hallelujah. Nothing is impossible for those who believe. But you know, above all else, we must never forget in the busyness of the doing that everything flows from holding his hand. Unless we take time to acknowledge him in all our ways, unless we take time to let him fill us with the strength, with the comfort, with the encouragement, with the rhema word, with the word of the Lord, unless we take time for him to breathe on the word of God and feed us as we read it, holding his hand, speaking to him, waiting on him, talking to him, making our requests known to him with thanksgiving, listening and receiving, worshiping and loving him, so that we can also in return be loved on by him. Then everything we do becomes a hard struggle. In Him, we live and move and have our being. That's why 90% of my journals are worship. Because in worship, I'm actually receiving. I come to tell Him how much I love Him, but as I come and lift my hands and say, I love you, or I write, I love you, I feel the love of God poured over me in an extreme measure that I can't even physically or emotionally process. He, He always outdoes us. You come to give him praise, he comes to give you affirmation. You come to give him worship, he comes to lavish you with love. You come to honour him, he delights to speak destiny and open doors for you. There you cannot outgive God. And God's heart's desire is that you would continually give yourself to him. For the sins of the whole world, Jesus was slain. And he wants to give you his whole life. He wants to give you eternal life. But it it requires a response, a response in your heart that says, I need that. I'm not gonna stand here and say, I don't need salvation. I need redemption. Without, Without redemption, without salvation, without forgiveness, I cannot be joined to God. Light can't have fellowship to darkness with darkness, but Jesus came to take away my darkness, my messes, my sin. And when you come to him and say, Lord, I need salvation, I need mercy, I need forgiveness, he comes and he takes away the stain of the old. He gives us mercy, he gives us grace, he gives us forgiveness, and he pours his love in, he pours his righteousness in, he gives us eternal life. But it's a choice we have to make, a decision to say, yes, Lord, I'm not going to continue saying I don't need that, or yeah, I believe in it, but not respond and receive it. God's desire for you is that you would reach out and hold His hand today, that you'd take the hand of salvation that's being offered to you. He offers you salvation. If you understood that without Jesus we have no eternal hope. There's a heaven, there's a hell. God doesn't want anyone to go to hell, but He offers us salvation. If you won't receive it, then you are left to pay the penalty of sin, which is death. But if you will open your heart and take the hand of God and receive salvation, He'll give you eternal life. He will give you love like you've never understood. He is matchless in His ability to love you. He offers you today His hand. He wants to be your salvation. If you're here tonight and you know in your heart, you aren't walking with God, your life isn't right with God, but you say, yes, Lord, I wanna take hold of your hand. I wanna receive your grace, I wanna receive salvation. He wants to offer that to you today. Let today be the day you cross the line and receive the grace of Jesus. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au God bless.